Blue Cliff Record Case 3. Master Ma is unwell. Great Teacher Ma was unwell. The temple administrator asked her, Venerable Teacher, how has your health been in recent days? The Great Teacher said, Sun face Buddha, moon face Buddha. Sun face Buddha, moon face Buddha. I thought it important during a loving kindness, Sashin, to invoke the celestial bodies that influence us. Dogen Zenji says, because of this practice, there are the sun, the moon, and the stars. Because of this practice, there are the great earth and the open sky. We practice with all beings. We practice with the entire universe. The entire universe sustains this one being's practice. Perhaps this one being sustains the entire universe. How would you know if that wasn't true? Sun face Buddha, moon face Buddha. Remember days when you let the sun kiss your cheeks, permeate your whole body. Sun face Buddha. Sun's light is life-giving. The sun's light is life-giving. Many of the early human religious rituals and ceremonies celebrate and honor the movements of the sun. We're still doing that today. The return of the light. Perhaps that's why we get up before dawn, to welcome the sun and go to sleep just as it's starting to set. The sun is like lighting a candle in a dark room. Its luminosity makes what was previously invisible or unseen visible. It allows us to distinguish, to discern, to see the details. It illuminates ignorance reveals. The sun's presence is constant during the day, even in Oregon. Even if it feels temporarily occluded by clouds and rain, the sun's presence is constant during the day. The sun illuminating the sky is a beautiful, a beautiful analogy for what we call the nature of mind or the ground of being or awareness itself. The sun illuminating a clear blue sky. Bright, spacious, vast, clear. Are you beginning to recognize the spaciousness of your own being? Are you beginning to recognize awareness? Right now, 
Let your awareness open to the space in the room. Perhaps the space outside. Feel the presence of the sun and the sky. When you begin to look for it or attune to it, there is so much space. There is so much space. Even in your mind. Even in your heart. So as our minds and bodies begin to settle, and Zazen is so much, Sashin is so much a body practice. That's why I keep coming back to deeply, deeply feeling, inhabiting the body from the inside. Insight, realization happens through the body, not just through the mind. We can open awareness just from the mind. Some people do that. And that's, it's a limited perspective. But it's like intuitive when we're locating attention or awareness behind the eyes, which is just something that most people do because we tend to think that we're brains. I don't know. Or, or that, 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 because we see from the eyes and we see other people and look into their eyes that there's something more genuinely us in the face and in the head. So Zazen, we let those eyes, I heard Fuho use this analogy last session, so it's fresh for you all. We let those eyes all over the body, let those eyes, every pore of the body, What a beautiful way to sit, to start to open to this space. There's a koan that talks about the nature of compassion as eyes all over the body. It's one of my favorite koans and one of my favorite ways to do zazen is letting each pore turn into an eye. There's so much space. It's okay to work with the same koan two sashins in a row. It's okay for teachers to repeat the same koan two sashins in a row. It just lets us deepen into it. Mm. So this um, quality of spaciousness that I've been pointing to today and, and helping us begin to recognize, open to, is a very important aspect of loving kindness. Call it emptiness, spaciousness, openness. It allows loving kindness to not be something that we personally need to generate and personally need to do something to feel for other people. It allows that compassion to arise from the nature of our being. It allows us to see the compassion and the kindness that is already manifest in this life. 
the life of this body taking care of us, the life of our hands and eyes and ears, the life of the forest, the life of everyone and everything, for this is one life. Pazun Roshi said to me today in Sanzen, you're not always supposed to talk about Sanzen or probably never talk about Sanzen, but I'm going to right now, sorry. She said her practice right now is just opening to life. Just life, 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 life. What a beautiful practice. You don't have to make spaciousness. That's the other reason I gravitate towards uh, this practice is because it's inherent to us. You don't have to make it. You don't. You just get to rest and, yeah, trust in your nature. Mm. But what often we do as humans who think is we cover up spaciousness with our, with our thoughts, with our beliefs, with our patterns of habits of mind, with our tangles of thoughts and judgments. So one question to feel into is what extra are you carrying with you? Carrying from moment to moment to moment. Often in Sashim, people begin to notice the inner narrator. It just like carries on the last moment into this moment and then that moment into the next moment and has some future moments that it's planning and just like kind of pastes together this idea of a continuous self. Oh, there's a flash of a memory from childhood. That must be me. And I felt this way. And then the, the feelings arise fresh in the, in the body in the present moment, and so it can feel like, oh, that must be real, because I'm feeling it again. And, and meanwhile, that's projecting into something that might happen into the future, and there we go. We're a string of selves. But it's a self, it's just one self that we have at a time. Oh, that's the angry self. Oh, that's the self who had a difficult childhood. Oh, that's the self that is pitying herself right now. How are you anchored to your past? And which anchors can you just let there and walk away? How much are you anchored to some idea of yourself in the future? Some idea of what practice is going to do for you? Some idea of what awakening is? And how does that hinder you from experiencing your life right here, right now, which is the only place awakening happens. What do you stick onto the present moment that is simply just a memory from the past or a thought, idea, image about the future? How much are you letting yourself live in a past? In a past idea of yourself, others, the world. We can do this somatic experience during 
zazen of trying to feel into the past. And I bring this up at this point in session because you need to have settled into the body. This isn't a mental process. The mind needs to be relatively still and quiet, which everyone's mind is. Yes, of course, there are still... But below that, the sendo has a a depth to it. We have a depth in how we're sitting into ourselves. Try to feel into the past, the last moment. That raindrop, that breath. And notice that all you have of the past is space. There's nothing there but this. You might have some image or some thought like, okay, feel into the past. I'm going to hold on to that raindrop, that one, that one, that one. But really, that's just arising here, now. That memory, that image, that feeling arising now here. And the moment we blend with those images and thoughts, we have an emotional reaction. And that's how this whole self-sense arises. It's a reaction to some image or thought that flashes through the mind. Can be anything. An image of your mother, which one appeared? Was it gentle? Was it harsh? An image of an awkward sashin social, antisocial interaction. Which one appeared? An image of something you have to do later. An image of something that should be happening in Sashin, in your meditation. An image of a tree. These are all images that appear in the mind, appear as thought, appear as belief, appear as a sensation. And each of these may generate a different reaction. Grief, joy, inner critic, unworthiness, shame. And then that may spark some thoughts, which sparks more images and more body sensations. And some suddenly we become, we become completely identified with that belief, thought, image structure in sun-soaked, spacious awareness, we can become more awake to this process of identity, this process of identity, fixity, reaction. And as we become more awake to this process, that can be both relieving and terrifying as we are not who we thought we were, and that's how we used to keep ourselves safe. So now what? I don't love mind-computer analogies, but sometimes they're helpful. So you can think of like some thoughts or images activate a program in 
the mind-heart-body system. Like the shame program or the grief program or the inner critic program. And then it takes over. And it has its way of being. It has its way. It constellates our whole body sometimes. Things tense up. Other things open up. We have certain thoughts. We feel a certain way. We have a certain emotional tone. Oh, that's the shame program. Oh, that's the fear program. Another more natural image is like a weather pattern. Some thought, image, belief, reaction systems are like rain or like a storm or like humidity or like overcast skies. And spacious awareness, like the sun is still out, the sky is still out holding that rain right now. Spacious awareness allows us to hold, embrace, feel these programs, these weather patterns happening, moving through the sky, playing on the screen of our body-mind. And recognizing, oh, this is the shame program, this is the grief storm, can help us perhaps bring curiosity to this whole experience of being human. Being human, that's what we're doing here. I don't know if you signed up for it this life, but it's what you got. Being human. Dogen Senji says, a deluded person and an enlightened person share one boat. Hmm. What are these thoughts and images made of really? Can you attune to the space within the sensations, the space within the sensations of sadness or fear or anxiety? the space within thoughts, the space within an image. Spacious awareness can give us courage and confidence to face our lives completely, to embrace, to truly embrace what is happening. And sometimes being with what is happening with curiosity and attention moment to moment, allows that space to emerge. So we can meet it both ways, in the details of being with or being the space and allowing whatever arises to arise. So as we're with what is happening moment to moment, that pain, that sensation, that shame, that fear, whatever it is that appears solid or tight or sometimes impossible, look into its nature. What is it really made of? What is it really made of? And it's like you have to suspend the belief that you really have a wrench in your heart. Like suspend that belief, that's an image. Or suspend the belief that you know what your organs are doing 
and just feel the sensations with curiosity and attention. Even suspend the belief, oh, this is shame. Just feel the sensations. Feel the sensations with curiosity and attention. I know it's not easy. But that's the best we can do, is be with. And what is curiosity in that? Like a willingness to stay, a willingness to feel, a willingness to appreciate what is happening from a different lens than what the mind says is happening. Like the sun illuminating a clear sky, the nature of mind is clear, bright, spacious, warm. The spaciousness of mind's nature is infused with wakefulness, gnosis. Things are known of themselves. The thinking mind wants so badly to know to know what's going to happen, to do it right. Sun face Buddha reminds us that awakening, awakening is our nature. And so we work with awareness in whatever way we are able. Stabilizing attention through breath, body sensations, sound, loving kindness practice. And coming back to the simplicity of that, taking refuge in the practice, trusting yourself to the practice. I've been appreciating these two aspects of loving kindness, the aspect of spaciousness which I've been focusing on a little more today, loving kindness as non-discriminating awareness allows all things to return to the space that they arose from to be themselves completely. Here all things belong to themselves, to the whole. And then also appreciating the more systematic or specific approach to loving-kindness, like practicing loving-kindness for specific parts of my body or for the young childlike part that gets activated or is afraid. For the baby, someone said they visualize themselves as a baby when they practice loving-kindness for themselves. or practicing loving-kindness for specific people in the room or specific people in your life, calling each person to heart, saying their name, imagining them, and then allowing a wish for some quality or offering them loving-kindness on the out-breath. Part of that is noticing when you call up a specific person, 
So here's the, the shadow side of spacious awareness as we can trick ourselves. Ah, yes, I'm resting in universal love for all beings. And then we leave the zendo and somebody is taking too long to get their shoes and we just start judging them. Right? No problem, right? That's two aspects of practice. But when we're resting in the spacious heart, and if you have a tendency to, to like to just diffuse all beings into one, when you call forth someone, just notice what tugs in the heart. Maybe you can see them as a Buddha. That's wonderful. Maybe you see the things that you stick on them, the projections. Byron Katie says the sticky notes, which is great because then you can unstick them. And it's part of the practice too. So I will continue to invite each person to practice loving kindness for each specific person in this session. Go around the room. It doesn't take that long. And notice, notice when, when there's a, a sticky place. And if there's not, just practice loving kindness. It's wonderful. It opens your heart and perhaps it influences their mind stream. I think this more personal way of working with loving kindness helps us work with our shadow, our hang-ups. And it's important. For people who um, spaciousness is a new experience, you're still feeling into what that means for you, how to open that. Practicing the specificity of gratitude for specific beings, for parts of the body, for yourself, for parts of yourself, can begin to open up a more spacious appreciation for, can open up the heart. And there is openness. There is gratitude. These facets of loving kindness. So in a way, you can't go wrong. Both paths can lead to the same thing. Sun face illuminates. It's what we see, hear, smell, taste, touch, feel. Moon face is more hidden. It's all that's happening under the surface. The small relaxations in the heart that go unnoticed. The silence that continues to deepen and deepen and deepen and deepen and deepen and deepen. The unnodding of karma, which can feel so uncomfortable. But then something is let go. Something is lighter. And we may not even perceive it. But other people see it in our faces, hear it in our footsteps. Notice the way we attend to passing the bowl. A physicist, David Bohm, says that all that's known in the universe by the human mind 
is like the the scum or um, little bubbles on the top surface of the ocean. And all that's unknown is the rest of the ocean. All that we know is like that thin film of bubbles. You probably know the actual word for that. He did, but I don't have his exact quote. And the surface of the ocean. So that's all your mind knows about your experience too. All that the mind is saying is like the thin bubbles on the surface of this vast ocean of being. So if we assess our zazen based on how we think it's going, on what we can speak of, on what our minds understand, we're just projecting a certain idea about that we have about ourselves or a certain idea we have about practice, which is limited because we're the deluded side of that deluded and enlightened person in the same boat most of the time. So we can't fathom what, what is happening in practice most of the time. We're always going to be missing something. Moon face Buddha is the silence of mind before words, before thought, a vast pool of silence, the silence that gives birth to the world. It's what we call in this tradition the great mystery. Before the ancients organized ceremonies, around the sun for millennia, they organized ceremonies around the moon. Sun-faced Buddha, moon-faced Buddha danced together in the sky. What is known to us and what is unknown dance together in our hearts. In Zazen, we honor both. We do the practice as best as we can understand. We share about our experience, but also we trust. We practice trusting the practice. We just do the practice. Someone shared during the group interviews online after doing daily metta for their father for five months, suddenly they realized at some point that the resentment just wasn't there anymore. They weren't practicing to try to get rid of the resentment, didn't expect it to go away, and it did. At some point, it just did. And that's an example of that sometimes things are rearranging underneath the surface and it's months, it's years later that maybe we get a glimmer of what was going on. The mind that wants results cannot fathom the depths or profundity of a single moment of zazen. 
the heart knows, perhaps. The body knows, perhaps. And those are also just approximations. I'm not talking about some organ in your chest or the body as limited to this skin, flesh, and bones. But they help, they're helpful landmarks on the path of opening to our nature. So as we merge with this ocean of being, what the mind can say about it is like that thin strip of foam on the surface of this boundless sea. Luckily, we don't know how to swim. <laughs>